0: This is the EWN Podcast Network. Everybody wants to win. It's how we define success in life. Michelle Nagel explores resilience, teaches you happiness hacks, and provides tools for building positive relationships, all of which are essential for winning at the game of life. Join us to learn how to roar. Welcome to Roar to Win. This is Michelle Nagel, your host, and today my guest, I am really excited about this guest. She is Dr. Debbie Silber, founder of the PBT Institute, which can be found at www.pbtinstitute.com. She is a transformational psychologist, a health mindset, and personal development expert. She's an award-winning speaker, coach, and author of the Amazon number one bestselling book, The Unshakable Woman, Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Life Crisis, The Unshakable Woman, The Workbook, The Companion Guide to the Book, as well as two books recommended by Brian Tracy, Marshall Goldsmith, and Jack Canfield. Debbie has contributed to Fox, CBS, The Dr. Oz Show, TEDx, The Huffington Post, Shape, Self, Health, Working Mother, Forbes, Psychology Today, WebMD, Ladies Home Journal, Women's World, and Glamour, to name a few. Her doctoral study led to two discoveries around how women experience and heal from betrayal. Based on her findings, along with 27 years of health, mindset, and lifestyle coaching, she's created a proven approach to help women heal physically, mentally, and emotionally from a life crisis, specializing in betrayal. Welcome, Debbie. I am uh, so you. grateful that you're here. Well, g- looking forward to our chat. So um, tell me about how you came into this business how did you how did you focus on betrayal
1: yeah well it it sort of found me you know we don't study things at that level unless we've been hard hit i've been in the health and mindset and personal development field for 27 years uh, and i had a really traumatic experience with family betrayal and you know how the universe works if you don't learn what you were supposed to learn you get an opportunity in the form (laughs) of a person to learn it again and that was an experience with my husband Um, and i was blindsided to say the least it's catapulted me right into this phd program in transpersonal psychology which is the psychology of transformation and human potential because I was transforming. He was transforming. Uh, I didn't really understand it, but I I needed to learn more. Like I needed to understand why do people do what they do? You know, how does the mind work, and and how can I heal? Uh, so wh- while I was there, I did a study, and um, it was on how women experience betrayal, what holds them back, and what helps them heal. And I remember going into the study saying. Man, you know how there are the stages of grief. If there are stages of transformation after betrayal, you could be in a stage and just say, okay, well, you know, hang on, this next stage is coming. Um, that would be incredible. And that's what we discovered. So it was so exciting. We actually made three discoveries in that study. Uh, and it led to an entirely new business, to entirely new life. And uh, that's, that's what happened
0: wow that's that's an amazing story um and so um, we have a tendency to sabotage ourselves. Why do we do that?
1: Mm-hmm. You know what happens is At some point, what used to feel good doesn't feel good anymore. What used to make sense doesn't make sense anymore. What used to make us happy doesn't make us happy anymore. And we think we like change. We don't like change because it's going to throw (laughs) off everything. Uh And so what we do is do everything we can to numb, avoid, distract. Now, you could do, you know, when that feeling happens, we usually do one of two things. We can choose healthy ways to sort of figure out what's going on there like I remember feeling that And this is typically it's called a midlife crisis uh, I remember feeling this and that's when I started becoming very spiritual I, I there was something missing and I went down that road but for a lot of other people that feeling is really uncomfortable so instead of taking a look at it they want to drown it numb it avoid it whatever um, and, and they sabotage, whether it's a healthy relationship or whether it's their work or whether it's whatever they're doing, because in facing that, it's going to unravel everything. Of course, what they're choosing to numb, avoid, distract with are the very things that can cause a life crisis of some kind, but that's typically what we do. And, and I did a TEDx on that topic of sabotage because things could be looking like they're going really well in the areas of health relationship business and then we just sabotage it like one of the stories I told in the in the TEDx was really about this client I had who you would look at her and say she is absolutely at the top of her game I mean she is just crushing it in her field and she sees me because her energy was down and so we do some things to get her energy back up and within a couple of weeks, she, um, all of a sudden it hit her that now that she had this energy, she was forced to look at the last 25 years of her life. And she said, Oh my gosh, here I've been climbing the corporate ladder in a field I chose just to please my parents. I hate this. I hate what I'm doing. I hate it. What do I do? And Mm -hmm. think about, I never had a family because of this. I never got married. I never had kids. What the heck do I do with this? So It was too hard to deal with and too hard to face. So instead of having that energy and feeling really good, she sabotaged her success. Do you see? So we do that in so many areas. I've seen this with women so often around, um, let's say, weight loss, where they someone comes to see me to to lose the weight, and I have some odd tactics, but we get to the root of why the weight issue is there in the first place, and uh, and the weight starts to come off. And you would think. That they really want to lose the weight, but then all of a sudden, when that weight is gone, maybe they realize, you know what? When I when my weight is gone, my partner gets threatened, jealous, and insecure. Well, that's too uncomfortable. Forget it. Let me sabotage my weight loss. Or or now that I feel really good about myself, I the friends I'm with, it's not comfortable because it only works when I really feel badly about myself. So so many things happen when we change, and it, it, it throws us into this pattern of, uh, what do I do? I can either continue to grow and deal with the repercussions of that or sabotage it. You know, if an easy sort of way to, can you see my hands here? I'll show you an easy chart. This is what we usually do. Let's say everybody in our world is hanging out right about here. And then we start doing something to, to make us stronger, better, wiser, whether we're doing personal development work, or we're eating better, we're exercising, whatever it is. And we start to grow and it seems good, right? But then all of a sudden you have this weird dynamic going on mm-hmm. where this person's like, uh-oh, you know, what's going on here? And this person's like, what happened to you, right? So now here we are in this weird space and what we wind up doing for a long time is we start sinking because it's really uncomfortable to be here. We're not with anybody. We're, we're on our own testing these new waters. So we do this. But then we we get discouraged we're like oh this doesn't feel good i like feeling this i don't feel good here or we can expect this person or these people to rise up right well that's not fair to them they're not ready able willing whatever it is so what often happens is we go our own ways mm-hmm. or best case scenario you find like-minded friends right here it takes right. the pressure off of these people so one of the reasons why we sabotage ourselves, my very cryptic uh, design right here, is because this is really uncomfortable. So we right. sabotage, so we stay here.
0: Yeah, it's, too, it's really easy to want to maintain the status quo because as soon as one person begins to change, the other person starts to freak out. And it causes so much conflict in, in addition to everything else. So now we've got... Um, you know, this own conflict in ourselves. Do I want to change? Do I not want to change? Yes, I like it up here. No, I don't like it down there. Mm-hmm. And yet it is lonely up there by yourself sometimes if, if you don't have your friends growing with you as you as you demonstrated. So um, it's, it, it is. It's a really challenging place. And boy, can the stories that we tell ourselves about the reason why we sabotage is pretty amazing, I think. Um, Oh, absolutely. And, and here's where also, because we're uncomfortable, unfamiliar
1: in this space, we believe what all these people say. So they're, they're saying things like, well, what happened to you? You're different. You've changed. It's your fault. It's your fault. Almost like it's a bad thing. And the truth is they're right. You Uh have changed. You are different. And, Uh, very often you've outgrown, you know, you've outgrown that way of feeling, that way of living, that way of being. You want something more, but the only way to maintain the old paradigm there would be to just unlearn something, unfeel something. You can't do that. This is where you are now. So it puts you in a, in a, in a difficult and challenging spot. And I see this in relationships all the time because someone's on some sort of journey, some sort of new path but the other person isn't. So what do you do? You know, what do you do? Yes, you can hope that they, you know, they grow along with you, but very often they just don't. And, and like in my situation, here I was becoming, you know, spiritual and just learning all these new things and growing, and my husband wasn't the least bit interested in any of that at all. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it, it was so clear that this was my journey that he absolutely couldn't relate to. And he, so he resorted to other methods of, you know, filling that unmet need. Right. But, but it was in that absolute crash and burn, you know, when you lose everything, then you, you know, you have an opportunity to wake up. And that's Mm -hmm. when uh, he realized, oh, you know what? If uh, if this was, I just lost the only things that mattered to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, Decided to sort of dabble on that spiritual path a little bit, and and transformed. I mean, my kids would say, "Mom, what the heck? He, he's unrecognizable. He's so different." And you know, betrayal sort of—you're wary to trust. So I was hearing it slowly but surely, and afraid to really take that in and listen. But it's 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 undeniable. I mean, it's absolute, absolutely undeniable. I also know that's not the typical case of what happens right uh and it's because you know if someone isn't willing to take any responsibility for who they were or their actions or their behaviors you have nothing to work with yes exactly you you just don't so then there's that uh, yes you could even in the all that with all that pain you could be willing if you have an opportunity you know it goes it goes both ways
0: yeah it does and it's it's really um it's really challenging when your children can look at, at their other parent and say, wow, I don't recognize them. And they don't say it in a good way. It's not meant that I see all this growth and change and all these wonderful things. But really what they're seeing is the crash and burn.
1: Oh, they and they did. And they absolutely did. I mean, I had my kids were teenagers at the time. And they let him have it, <laughs> and they didn 't hold back and, and that was absolutely fine with me i mean he He hurt their mom and destroyed uh, you know something that we thought we all had and uh, but he took complete responsibility and has been spending every single day since doing right by them and, and teaching teaching them uh, from you know from his mistake and sitting down with I have two boys and two girls, every one of them. Um, about just how not to be a jerk and what not to do and how to learn and grow and prevent anything like that. How to even see it so clearly. And now here he is. He has a, a big real estate office. He has guys coming into his office all the time and he's counseling them. <laughs> you
0: know? yeah. Don't go
1: down this path. Don't do that. Don't you know? Uh-huh. So I feel like I took a hit for the team and if it's going to help other people, well, you know, there you go.
0: So just out of curiosity, are the two of you together?
1: We actually got remarried, uh, we got ma- not remarried, we, we married again, but it was uh, new rings, new vows, new everything. And it's interesting because I remember seeing someone um, who was a, 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 like a forgiveness coach. I didn't even know they made those. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, she said, you know, Debbie, usually you get married the first time, of course, for love, but safety and security, and then you get divorced. And then you marry someone else with the intention of helping each other grow, like a spiritual partner, you know?
0: Like mm-hmm. Right. I've
1: never seen both of those types of marriages with the same people. Yeah. And, and the truth is, if I, it's, if I didn't see such a 100% complete transformation and change, I couldn't do it. It's too hard. But I also didn't trust... My own judgment, and that's what happens with betrayal. You don't trust your betrayer. You don't trust yourself because you're like, "How did I not see or know any of this?" So I, um, I trust the universe, and I saw a spiritual counselor, and and she actually, um, and this was really helpful for me because the first time I saw her, you know, I remember she said, "You have no idea how you two were in cahoots and you planned this." I'm like. I plan this, <laughs> right? Why in the world would I plan this? And she goes, Debbie, you have no idea. You are going to use this experience to transform so many, uh, so many relationships and help so many women. You're going to have this big center. I had had a home-based business for 27 years. Here I am in the PBT Institute in New York she's right. You're going to write books. You're going to have this big following. You're going to be speaking about this because you're going to come from this deep place of knowing. And it couldn't happen if you didn't, if you didn't experience this. And it's so bizarre, but it's not because every single thing she said has happened. Mm -hmm. Everything. I mean, even my husband is now speaking about how to, you know, going from being in, you know, an egomaniac to a spiritual good guy. Like it's bizarre.
0: (laughs) sounds like a lovely kind of bizarre though
1: it's you know what it's uh, in your crisis lies your greatest gift you know so yeah. in, the intention is to uh share my story and to and I know I heal through teaching so one of the things that's come of this is and and I'm happy to share what what was discovered in the study uh but we also now have two different certification programs one is to be a certified pbt post betrayal transformation support group host and to be a practitioner because i found and through the study i found and it was my own experience when we need that support the most when we're struggling the most we're the least likely to reach out and receive it so just as we see you know let's say aa meetings all over the country i want to have these support group hosts and practitioners everywhere so any woman can find this support for people who get it—not to sit and commiserate, but just to help when she needs it the most. So, um, yeah,
0: wow like, that that's that is a wonderful, wonderful vision, and i I would love to support you in any way that I can to help you accomplish that because uh, it's something that is so incredibly important and needed. Because I don't know what's happened to the world, but. Um, People are, relationships are just falling like flies. I was was sitting at a, a table with eight women. So there was a total of nine of us sitting there. And somebody said, you're not looking really good. What's going on? And I said, my husband just left me. And five other women at the table said, oh my gosh, so did mine. Yeah. And, and yeah. I thought, wow, look at the percentage of in this room of all of these women, we're all sitting at the same table and we're all having the same experience. And yeah. we like, we have differing degrees of, you know, why, why it happened. There's all, you know, you can always, somebody can always come up with a reason why, mm-hmm. but it's the pain that, oh. you have, that uh, a woman who has experienced that pain knows what, I mean when I say you've got a steamroller parked on your chest. Yeah. And they they'll be able to pull that right up.
1: Oh yeah, and and you know what we've we've actually identified a collection of symptoms so common to betrayal, it's mm-hmm. become known as post-betrayal syndrome and I actually have a quiz that that people can just take just to see if they're struggling to, you know, because there are physical, mental, emotional uh symptoms left in the wake of being blindsided and being betrayed and being so shocked because think about it you're never betrayed by someone you don't know you're betrayed by people closest to you and when the people you trust the most prove untrustworthy who do you trust you know when when the ones you run to when other people are causing harm are the ones causing the harm where do you go and we there's such a, a a shock and a breakdown of Every aspect of life as we've known it, and that's actually why uh, originally I was studying something called, post, uh, called post-traumatic growth, which is sort of the, the, the upside of trauma, you know, bouncing mm-hmm. back and, and healing after death of a loved one or disease or natural disaster. But betrayal is so different because it's intentional. Right. And because there are so many aspects of the self that are so hard hit, trust, worthiness, the sense of rejection, abandonment, it's also huge, and all of that has to be rebuilt. So it needed a new a new term. So we, I coined this term post-betrayal transformation uh, because you still have to grieve. You still have to go through all the rebuilding, but you also have to heal the self.
0: Yes, I, have, I was sitting at a conference talking to a woman who had just buried her husband of uh, 35 years he had just passed away and um, i said i am so sorry and she said i actually think this is harder on you than it is on me she said i got to bury him and put him in the ground and i knew he still loved me but you don't have that and you have to go through seeing them at the store you have to go through the dealing with the children you just have so much of this continued life that you have to continue to try to navigate in such a wounded place and so i i just i'm so excited about the work that you do and i think that it is so valuable but what is the difference between a self-induced life crisis a midlife crisis and a life crisis
1: sure and that's what uh what i talk about in the unshakable woman the you know the midlife crisis is the numbing the avoiding the distracting and we're using we're doing all we all we can to not look within so so here's where we're so we've become so disconnected from who we are from what we need and we're just looking for anything external to fill that void. You know, if I if I buy that thing, if I'm with that person, if I have that experience, then somehow I'll be better and I'll be, you know, complete. But all we're doing is we can never there is nothing outside that can ever fill what needs to be filled from within. So you could search all you like, and you could try everything out there, and nothing, nothing, nothing fills that void. You know, like that feeling of self-love, and 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 everything that you get when you truly do your own work and, and work on you. So that's that. Uh, the midlife crisis is that search, but mm-hmm. it's a search. Outside and not within. The self-induced life crisis is uh, sort of just a little name I, I, I coined there. And this is, this is all about decision. You know, something will happen to you. The universe wants to see movement. And if you don't move, it'll happen for you. So self-induced, the self-induced life crisis is where uh, you make that decision. And that's the day you throw out the cookies. You join the gym. You make the doctor's appointment. You have that difficult conversation. You're different. You, there's a decision made. You, 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 you know, you stop smoking, whatever it is. And you're, you're just different from that day on. Everybody around you knows it. They don't mess with it. You're different. And you know, with this, it always reminds me of the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. You know, the caterpillar doesn't just stick a pair of wings on and say, Hey, I'm a butterfly now. No, (laughs) right. It doesn't work like that. The caterpillar, think about the, the, the symbolism of this, the caterpillar on a random day, just stops living, makes a decision, dies to the life it's known, Mm -hmm. hangs itself from a tree, is willing to be deconstructed, emulsified, unrecognizable from anything. And it's because I see the butterflies behind you. That's why I'm talking about (laughs) it. Is willing to be deconstructed, emulsified, unrecognizable from anything it once was. And because it was willing to go through that, does it get to be? the butterfly. It can't be that caterpillar cannot be the butterfly unless it's willing to go through that. Just how, you know, you can't have your transformation unless you're willing to go through that messy, sticky process. But it's scary. And that's why we will do anything and everything we can to avoid it. You know, and but then sometimes we get hit by trauma, we get hit by betrayal and it happens for us. And that's the life crisis. The life crisis could be death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster, financial crisis, uh, divorce, betrayal, anything, anything that, that for gives us a psychological earthquake, you know, where Mm -hmm. your world is compartmentalized into two camps before it happened and after it happened. And life is very, very different. Um, and you know I'll, i use this example this analogy of a house and this is going to just make it so clear when here's the difference between resilience and transformation resilience is bringing back to restoring uh, and you need that on a day to day you really do uh-huh. and that would be the equivalent of like like let's say your house needs a new boiler and you get a boiler that's resilience or it needs a new paint job and you paint that's resilience or it needs a new roof you get a new roof that's resilience transformation's like this a tornado comes by and levels your house. <laughs> yeah, New boiler's not gonna do it, new you know, paint job's not gonna do it, new roof's not gonna do it, all three aren't gonna do it. Now, you have every right to stare at the lot where your house once stood and say, oh my gosh, this is the biggest tragedy, the most awful, horrible thing that's ever happened, and you'd be right. And you can call all your nine friends over who are at the table with you and say, look what happened, this is the most tragic, awful thing that's ever happened, and they would all agree. You don't have to do anything. But if you choose to rebuild your house, why would you make the same one? Why not give it everything the old house didn't have? You have such a, 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 an expanded awareness now. Why not make it beautiful? Why not treat yourself a little? You know, and, and that's transformation. So, And that's exactly what I did in my marriage. When I got married again, there was no chance I was going back to. That old me died as well. And the old me of, oh, it's always about everybody else and the kids and, and my husband. No, now it's about me too. And that's why the first thing I did was start that PhD program uh-huh. just to make it, put it in stone. So, you know, it's it's an opportunity to say, you know what? I crashed and burned and I'm going to rebuild and I'm going to make the most beautiful house out there. Yeah. You don't great. have to, but if you want to, you can.
0: Yeah. Great idea. And the insurance pays for it all. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, Right. So um, you talk about we can either prevent or heal from a life crisis. What do you mean by that? How, how can you do that? How can you prevent a life crisis?
1: You can try, and you can try to prevent it through those distraction techniques mm-hmm. where you don't want – because, like, let's say – let's say um, – take the example of you know your relationship is in trouble. You just know it is. Now, if you have that difficult conversation, it all is going to unravel and come crashing down. So instead of doing that – Well, maybe you could prevent it by just not facing it, not dealing with it, not looking at it. So you can try, you know, but I have this saying, it's the most simple saying, and my kids say it, my clients say it, easy now, hard later. (laughs) Hard now, easy later. Take your pick, it's going to be one of those two right so you can prevent it by avoiding I numbing mean, distracting or you can also prevent it but here's the thing you can also prevent it by headache heading, heading for it you know face it head-on and being okay with that crash or being okay with the change that's gonna that is gonna cause so you, you know maybe in that conversation maybe there was a huge misunderstanding maybe now you're both on the same page and maybe you could rebuild right from there you know right. and that prevents the divorce or prevents you know whatever so you could prevent it by either numbing avoiding distracting which is you know that's easy now hard later because it mm-hmm. will chase you and hunt you down and find you or you can you know you can avoid it by face what what you have to face and hopefully by doing that you know you're going to you're going to uh, save yourself from something real you know real big later on i actually have four questions that maybe everybody would would benefit from i'm happy to share them to oh that'd speak. be great yeah sure okay so the first one is are you numbing and distracting if so how be honest with yourself like are you binge watching tv because you don't want to think about you they hate your job right be honest mm-hmm. then the next one here's a big question what am i pretending not to see mm-hmm. you know am i pretending not to see there's trouble in my marriage am i pretending not to see you know that health issue am i pretending not to see i hate my job the next one, what's life going to look like in five to 10 years if I keep this going?
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: let's say I do nothing. Take that health issue that I'm just neglecting. What's okay. going to happen in five to 10 years, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the last one, what could life look like in five to 10 years if I do, if I do something now?
0: Mm-hmm. So what is your experience with uh, people who choose not to deal with a relationship issue and they move from one relationship to another one what happens to them
1: yeah well usually i find physically they get more and more ill each time uh-huh. because the body just can't handle that kind of that kind of stress and what happens is there is a lesson that you were supposed to learn whether it's that, that you're worthy deserve deserving lovable you need to change your boundaries whatever it is and if you keep moving from relationship to relationship you may know and you may notice that the face changes but it's the same story mm-hmm. and it's the same story because the lesson isn't being learned right you know and when you see that oh you know this keeps showing up you really need to take that seriously because it will get here's what i've seen time after time the lesson gets louder and louder and if you don't pay attention it's going to it's gonna hurt it's gonna really get you until you finally say I will never accept that I will never be treated that way I will never do that again
0: lesson learned right exactly
1: so maybe you need it a few times in order to learn that lesson but hopefully you learn it earlier on because it's painful
0: it really is and a lot of people think that the the answer to not having to deal with the pain is that you get rid of what they see as the source of the pain. Mm-hmm. But the problem when you do that is you take yourself into the new relationship and yourself is the problem.
1: Well, that's it. And we think, you know, we go into it. I hate that saying, you complete me. I just hate it because that's saying I'm a half and I'm going to hopefully find another half and then I'll be whole. And the problem is, our wholeness then is contingent upon somebody else. Because what happens if they change their mind? What happens if they leave? So the whole idea is if you feel like a half and the only way you feel like a whole is you find somebody who completes you and then that relationship is destroyed, now you're back to being a half again. So your quest is constantly finding somebody just so you feel whole. So it's two halves always coming together. What you need to do instead is Take that time when you're, where you're not with anybody. Work on you. Put yourself in you, university, you know, and, and heal physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. Get yourself to that best place you could be. And when you're resonating at that very different level, a whole different type of person is going to show up.
0: Yeah. So what happens if somebody who has immediately gone from this life-shattering event of, a divorce for example who steps right into another marriage or another relationship especially those who who leave because of infidelity mm-hmm. I mean, they're already in a relationship when they were supposed to have been in their marriage
1: Right. Well, you see this so often with like, you know, narcissists, the typical narcissist to just crash and burn and moving on. And it's so painful because the person on the other end of that is, is reeling. They're, they're shocked. They're blindsided. They're so devastated. They've given their, <clears throat> their, excuse me, their, their heart, their time, their commitment, their love. And that narcissist just or energy vampire just sucked the living life out of them. And now, you know, they're done and they've moved on. And they've moved on because, again, they haven't found, they haven't done the work, they haven't done the healing, and they just need someone else to give them. It's called, I've heard it's called narcissistic supply. So they need, you know, it's almost like the, the, they need to plug into that narcissistic supply to get that need met. And, and that's why it looks like, oh, wow, they've just healed so easily and they've moved on. But what's really happened is they haven't yet, done any of the work that they need to to really feel good within i mean think about it somebody who feels healthy and whole would never treat someone like that
0: oh no kidding yeah right
1: so it's mm-hmm. not even so the the only way uh that that type of person can function and exist is to be completely disconnected from you know empathy and mm-hmm. and not feel uh all those things that the wonderful person that they just betrayed you know, was giving. And it's mm. so it's a, it's a hard, unfortunately, though, it's, it's a very uh, powerful match, right? Because here, this, this wonderful empath, typically, right, is, is getting their needs, they think, getting their needs met. They're, they're so fine with having so much less or getting so much less than, than what they deserve. So anything that, the, that that narcissist is giving them, they're like, oh, look, look how wonderful they are no they're not (laughs) you know no they're not but Mm -hmm. they're so willing to accept it because of the big generous hearts
0: yeah yeah oh golly yeah (laughs) that's that's pretty powerful we're going to take a small break here Uh, we're talking with dr. Debbie Silber founder of PBT Institute and we will be right back with some more really great information Welcome back. This is Michelle Nagel with Roar to Win. And we're interviewing Dr. Debbie Silver today, founder of the PBT Institute. And she has written The Unshakable Woman, Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Life Crisis. A life crisis can be a divorce, disease, the death of a loved one, or a devastation of some kind that can completely unravel us. So, Dr. Debbie, you have been giving us some really amazing insights. And and, uh, this resonates so much for me. And like I said, for those other nine people at the table with me, um, betrayal is just such a painful thing to get over. Uh, And uh, what are the questions that we can ask ourselves if we are sabotaging ourselves, if we are numbing or avoiding or distracting or something? What are the questions that we can ask ourselves that will wake us up
1: well, I would say those questions that I that I uh, mentioned before, definitely ask yourself those. Am I numbing and distracting? If right. so, how? What am I pretending not to see? What's life gonna look like if I keep this going? What could life look like if I change? Face it, you know, it's when we see what we're numbing and avoiding and distracting ourselves from, you can't change what you're not aware of. So by facing them, then you see. Okay, well now I, I can't unsee. Now I see what I'm working with here. And what do I do about it? You know, it, it's this is life. Life is is filled with all kinds of lessons, and they're not always easy. You know, there's I'm like the poster child for betrayal, and that's why I teach it. But it's <laughs> when we when we crash and burn. And we we rebuild, first of all, I will tell you, every single woman in my study and every client that I've ever worked with around the topic of betrayal realizes she's so much stronger than she thought. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is the foundation that warriors are built on. Because if you don't have to experience anything, you don't know how strong you are. You know, one of the things that I that I saw with every one of my participants was when they've achieved this state of Post betrayal transformation, and I take I through my six week program, and through you know private clients, I take them from that shock to post betrayal transformation. There is this depth, this wisdom, this uh, texture to this woman who has been there and back, and who has learned so much in the process. So it seems that we fall the hardest because it's so devastating to the body, the mind, the spirit. But we come back stronger than any human I've seen on the planet.
0: Wow. Well, that's, hmm. I'm just thinking, somebody said that to me like last night on a phone conversation. She just said, you are so strong. Mm -hmm. And, And you said that, that's how the warriors are built, but let me tell you, I don't feel really strong. I mean, you know, at, at three o'clock in the morning when I wake up screaming and my dog jumps off the bed because I just scared her half to death, mm-hmm. I'm not feeling really strong. So how can, how can we work through uh, to the point of where we can see the strength ourselves?
1: Yeah, well, it's a process, and you may be stuck in a certain stage. You know, I'm happy to go through the five stages that were discovered in the study. Because you may very likely be stuck in a stage two or stage three, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. So the first stage is this is and this is by no means blame or judgment. I mean, this was me too. What I saw with every single woman in the study was: if you imagine four legs of a table, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you knocked out two legs, that table would be shaky and unstable. We're the same way. And imagine the four legs of us being um, mental and physical and emotional and spiritual. What I saw with every single woman in this study, including myself, is in order to get everything done, in order to just get through our day. I mean, I have four kids, six dogs, you know, running a (laughs) business. There's a lot going on. The only way we can do that is to sort of turn down the part that feels and turn up the part that does. So... Every woman in the study I saw, they were, they were physical and mental. It was as if they had their to-do list and their bodies were taking them around to do that. So they turned down their intuition. They turned down the self-care part. So that puts us in this perfect position to topple over. That's not saying that you, know, you, can be, you, you, know, you can't be betrayed if you're not in that position, but that's what I saw. Then from there, you get that shock. You're blindsided by your betrayal. This is stage two. This is the scariest stage because here's the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. The body now is in a complete state of chaos because you've you've ignited the stress response. Mm -hmm. Your immune system is being suppressed so now you're headed for all kinds. You don't have the resistance that you usually do Mm -hmm. adrenal fatigue, extreme exhaustion. Um, Physically now you're, you know, your, your body's just freaking out on you. It's like everything that can go wrong does go wrong. You lose your hair, you're gaining weight. You're, you can't Mm -hmm. sleep. You're just a wreck mentally. Confusion, overwhelm. You can't make any sense of this. Brain fog. So you, you 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 can't even wrap your head around what's going on and your body feels awful. And then a breakdown of the worldview. Worldview is the way you view the world based on your set of beliefs. Well, how are your beliefs formed by the people that you know and you trust? It's like, okay, so I guess this is the way the world works, you mm-hmm. know? And once you've been shocked, there's a complete breakdown of the world as you've known it. It no right. longer exists. So now think about this. If the world and a new set of beliefs hasn't been formed. So the, the bottom dropped out on you and a new bottom hasn't shown up. So this is a very scary stage. So we stay there, you know, and it's terrifying. Think about it. If the bottom were to drop out on you, you would do all you could to grab hold of whatever was nearby so that you can survive. And that's stage three. And this mm-hmm. is survival inst- instincts emerging. And here's a very primal this is, this is very practical. This is, where do I live, what do I do, how do I, how do I feed my kids, you know, how, how do I, how do I surv- survive this, you know? mm-hmm. Very practical. And when you figured out how you can survive this, okay, so I'm gonna live here, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna have that job, I'm gonna feed the kids this way, I'll, I'm able to speak to that person, whatever it is, you slowly move into stage four, which is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Your old normal doesn't exist. It just isn't an option anymore. And it's as if, if you've ever moved, you haven't, you know, you, you left your house, condo, apartment, whatever, and you move into your new space. It's not comfortable just yet. You don't know your way around just yet. You don't know how to get wherever you're going to go just yet, but it's going to be okay. That signals your uh, stress response to calm down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So you're settling in. Things will be okay in this space. Once you've, you know, you, you, you've sort of made this new normal. You've created this new normal. You slowly head into the fifth stage, which is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. Your body starts to heal. You're also, this is the time now where you're more interested in your own self-care you didn't have the bandwidth for it before you didn't you you couldn't think about it and here's where you say you know what i'm not just gonna uh eat a certain way to lose weight i want to care for myself you you don't work out because i have to get this body back together it's like i just want to move you know you start to take better care of yourself your mind uh you know, there's, there's this healing of your mind. You start making sense and making meaning out of your experience. And now you have a new worldview based on where you've been and what you've learned. And the, remember the table with the, wow. with the two legs? Yes. Now we have the mental and the physical, but now we're paying attention to the emotional and the spiritual too.
0: Uh-huh. We are
1: solidly grounded. Here's where, where we are whole. We've been there and back. We've learned from it. The rules have changed. We're very careful about who we're friends with, who we're not. It's a, it's, a, it's a different game. And when you're in that stage five,
0: you're free. Oh, yeah. That sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably, probably still am stuck in one of the stages there somewhere. So um, why, does, why does betrayal hurt so much? And yeah. what kind of impact does it create? You know, it hurts so much because everything,
1: everything in our lives, a sense of safety and security is based on our relationships, you know, mm-hmm. and, and our relationships are foundational. Trust is foundational. That's what allows us to feel safe and secure. So a betrayal is an absolute shock to the body and mind because there's no sense of safety. There's no sense of security. You know, it's one thing when someone you, d- you don't know, does something or says something. But when the people where you could be like, ah, you got my back, you know, are the ones to betray you, there's no safety. That's a basic need. Yes. And, and we and so it's gone. It's been it's been ripped from us in such a in such a violent way, in such a hurtful way. And it's so intentional. So we take it so personally. But the truth is, and the more women I speak with, I see it more and more. It's not about us. It's just not. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Uh, the problem is when it comes to, let's say, I mean, and there's betrayal of a family member or a friend or a coworker or whatever. When it comes to a partner, when there's infidelity, it's really hard not to think that it's us, but it's not. That person is so disconnected, so desperately trying to fill that void and, and, don't, you know, and, and don't, they don't even know where to go. They don't even know what to do. And this mm-hmm. does by no means excuse it, make it right, make it okay at all. But what I want you know, everybody who's, who's been on the receiving end of that to know is it really isn't about you. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I could never say that um, if I didn't believe it. It's, yeah. it's a hard sell because you are. You're reeling with abandonment and rejection and all those, and all those emotions, but it really isn't about you.
0: Well, yeah, it's so hard not to compare yourself to the other person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, it's, what has she got that I don't have? And, you know, I, yeah, it's, it's really, really difficult. So, so what is the difference between, um, you know, relationships? Sometimes people do just kind of grow apart and then mm-hmm. decide to go their separate ways. Yeah. And what is the difference between that and betrayal? Because, you know, there's so many different kinds of divorces. Yeah. What, what makes betrayal different?
1: Betrayal is the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. So, you know, within that relationship, if the rule was we're going to stay faithful to one another and you don't, that's a a breaking of that rule. You both were in agreement that those are the rules. That's what you do. Spoken or unspoken. So maybe it's just assumed over time. Uh, To grow apart is just, I mean, yeah, we, we are always growing throughout our lives. And, you know, we're with people for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And it could have been that the reason why you're with that person was maybe you're supposed to have children together and then that's it. Mm -hmm. Or, or maybe a season you were supposed to learn something very important about yourself. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're supposed to be together for a lifetime. You know, nobody really, who really knows that, Mm -hmm. but uh, you know, each relationship stands on its own. And uh, but that betrayal is that, is that breaking of the rule. So I don't know if growing apart is necessarily a breaking of a rule. It could be that, you know, it, 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 um, that relationship had its time,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, and even if that's the case, it wouldn't be a betrayal necessarily in my, you know, this is just my own perspective. If both people, you know, came together and said, Hey, you know what? I'm on a really different page and I'm traveling this path. And, you know, if you don't want to travel it, I, I honor, you know, where you are, but I'm, I'm growing. Right. And then at least it's honest.
0: Right, and it's a it's a mutual agreement. I think yeah. it, I think the the problem with the betrayal is that <laughs> nobody asked my permission. You know, it's um, to it is when that when one person breaks that what you thought was mm-hmm. a sacred agreement, and uh, it's really difficult to to um, recover from the fact that they don't happen usually gradually either. It usually is a, a sudden and violent kind of disruption.
1: It's, it's well, the thing is, it's, and, you know, I guess with some betrayals, maybe they go years or a lifetime without confronting one another or, or coming to terms with it or understanding it. What I can tell you is, every, with every woman in my study, the ones who healed the most, they faced it head on. Mm -hmm. they crashed the hardest but they faced it head on and they absolutely transformed i can i can share the ones who uh who were after their betrayals they numbed they distracted themselves they medicated themselves they because they just couldn't cope couldn't deal they didn't grow nearly as much as the others and i can also share the ones who were the consequence really wasn't so great You know, where let's say uh, their partner had an affair and, you know, maybe a little slap on the wrist or no real consequence because of whatever reason she just didn't want to, I don't even know, maybe it was too afraid to be alone. Those were the ones who were the sickest.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, because we're not living in our truth. We're not uh, saying what we really need. We're accepting something that just doesn't feel right. You know, there's this... Uh, if-then rule with forgiveness. Mm-hmm. If you feel safe and valued and you forgive, you actually feel better for it. If you do not feel safe and valued and you forgive, you feel worse.
0: Right. And that's and, what
1: happened with a lot of the cases because they didn't feel safe and valued, but they forgave because they just didn't want to ruffle any feathers. They just wanted to smooth things over. They wanted it to be easier. They were afraid to be alone.
0: Uh uh-huh.
1: You can't do that. Your, your body can't handle it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so because I, uh, you did you did say that you're back together with your husband, but there was a lot of work involved there on both parts, I imagine. Oh, absolutely, and to this day, to this
1: day, it's a tremendous amount of work. And and I'll tell you, I used to be that woman who judged like, how do you do that? Get a you know, get a spine. How do you take that? How do you accept that? How do you? And I'll tell you, the the ego this is what the way it was with me. I realized, wow, my ego has so many benefits of staying stuck. I get to have my story. I get to be right. I get to have my case. I get to someone to blame. I don't have to learn to trust again. I don't have to, uh, you know, so many benefits. And then there's, well, what happens if this, and this is where that that spiritual counselor really helped me, you know, because if I didn't think this was for a bigger purpose i don't know if i could have done it i don't know and i thought well if i can do this number one i'm saving a family i'm saving you know i'm rebuilding uh, a new marriage here and if i can do this i'm going to be helping thousands of people with my story with this new business with this these pbt support group hosts all over the country with Mm -hmm. the pbt institute so if i can do this and I wouldn't be willing if I didn't see, and I'm watching them. It's a it's a very different relationship on a daily basis. But what if I can? And it, by far, I've been through. I've been in ICU for 11 days. I've lost loved ones. Hands down, by far, bar none, the hardest thing I have ever had to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and amen to that. Yeah, so. Um, you gave us some, some ideas of how we know that we have post-betrayal um, syndrome. Mm-hmm. And if somebody, if somebody goes to your website and takes that test that you have there, what's their next step?
1: Yeah, it's just a free quiz. So pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. You say test, I think people get afraid. (laughs) (laughs) No test, uh, just a quiz. And uh, so what they'll see is they'll see, just even in 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 answering the questions, where they're struggling. You know, Mm -hmm. are they struggling with... just a fear of moving forward and we have the statistics of just you know how how we're we're wary to trust again or how we want to move forward but we don't know how or wow that digestive issue is tied to it or my fatigue is tied to that betrayal or uh this is you know and we even ask the type of betrayal so it gives you so much information a whole lot of clarity you'll have right from there
0: Oh, that sounds really wonderful. And mm-hmm. then if somebody wants to connect with you, how do they do that?
1: Yeah, it just just go to pbtinstitute.com and, and really we've made the six week program just so affordable. It's like a no brainer and people could start it whenever they want. And and the beauty is once they've done the six week program, they're eligible for if the, you know for one of two certifications, whether it's to be that support group host or to be that practitioner if they qualify. And um, I found personally nothing has Uh, accelerated my healing better than through teaching. So two reasons for the support group post. One is so people who've been betrayed have a place to go. The other is so every support group post has the benefit of healing through teaching.
0: Oh yeah, that's, that's pretty wonderful. So um, what, I don't know if we addressed this as the difference between post-betrayal transformation and how it's different from post-traumatic growth.
1: Yeah, that's, it's, it, post-traumatic growth is, is a new life because of your crisis. Finding the upside, what have you learned? What have you gained? What's different? Uh, but post-betrayal transformation is, is, is still that grieving process of what was lost, but it's also the, re- and what you've discovered, what you've learned. But it also includes all of those aspects that were so hard hit because of the betrayal, like I said, the rejection, the abandonment, the building trust. Um, so you can learn to love again, feel safe again, trust again. So all of, you know, everything that's involved in rebuilding after crisis and, and rebuilding of the self.
0: Yeah. So... I just, I'd like to say to the whole world, contact Debbie. I mean, it's really, uh, the work that you do is so very, very valuable. And thank you very much for being with us today. So we've been interviewing Dr. Debbie Silver. She's the founder of PBT Institute, which is Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute and um, I'm just really so grateful that you're doing this work and also that you were willing to share with us today. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today as we learn happiness hacks, relationship tools, how to refuel our resilience batteries and perfect our roar. Resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness, roar to win.
1: Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastNetwork.com. This is the EWN Podcast Network.